Hey, and welcome back to Chat the Great, the podcast that delves into conversations with people from all fields who we admire. People who achieve things due to their professionalism and determination. And you know what? Just generally people to learn from. And today we're joined with another inspiring guest. We're joined with promoter, PR, and all-round music mogul, Kathy St. Luce. Now, Kathy has worked closely with some of the biggest names in music, from Block Party to the Manic Street Preachers to Radiohead. She's also a huge supporter of emerging bands and artists and massively supports upcoming presenters, journalists, blogs and magazines and basically anyone in the creative industry that's doing something amazing. We talked about working with Radiohead and the Manics, discovering Block Party and advice for emerging talent. guys and welcome back to chat the greats we've got another wonderful guest joining us today and we've got the wonderful and the pretty much a legend kathy st Louis on the podcast how are you kathy um i'm really actually i'm really excited to be here because i've seen you know like the alumni that you've um, had conversations with so it's kind of um, very honored actually Oh, Kathy, you're right in there with all of them as well, with your experiences, which we're going to get to as well. So, you know, you're you're a perfectly placed guest to be on here. So, But we like to go back to the very beginning of this podcast. We like to go back to the very beginning of your journey. So what was it for you, Kathy? Would you say that are the sort of first steps that you took into the music industry? What would you say was the defining moment of you kind of starting to work in the music industry? Um, I think that, well... Um, always liked like music and being excited by all kinds we were raised on you know soul classical rock reggae yeah. everything because my mum is groovy as hell and um, <laughs> I think I was just affected by songs and I don't really have um the academic or technical way of describing it but it was like my moods are songs go in you and then I don't know and um, yeah kind of like a little bit obsessed and it just became um, better to be um, skiving lessons and um, <laughs> getting more and more into music. And eventually, um, you know, we ended up in London and um, used to do fanzines and sort of, yeah, kind of like very, very natural because I always think that um, going to gigs is entry level to the music industry and I think that probably nearly everybody started at gigs you know it's like you're at gigs oh we're at a gig again and yeah. that is actually pretty pretty standard because there is no real CV for how you do it it's just kind of instinct luck um I think you need a lot of um passion and mm-hmm. intuition and you and it um you know you have energy you need energy you can't do anything without even a little bit of energy in this. And um, I, I don't know. I kind of um, went to Rough Trade. It's a fanzine to Rough Trade. Yeah. Um, and got the job there because a friend had tipped me off. And I was like a, the receptionist kind of, um, yeah, receptionist chick. Um, but, you know, that, that very lovely people like Jeff Barrett signed the Mannix and, Kind of, I was doing like the regional radio, and people were trying to persuade me that you can't um, have guitar bands on radio, which I just did not believe because no. we have a we have a history with we could have the if we can have the Beatles and the Stones at the same time in history, I assure you, we can have <laughs> guitar yes. bands on the radio. So um, I just kept plugging, and um, Jim Gillatley very kindly played Motown Junk. 
on them. It was like North Sound Radio in Aberdeen at the time, and and it and things just kind of like went on from there. I, I found that the Manics are just very genuine people. So when they said, "Oh, um, you know, we can get you a job with our management," I just thought, "Oh, you know, what a lovely thing to say," but I didn't really think I was cool enough to because I always thought of people in record labels as kind of cool. You know, they look cool. You know, I'm more of a kind of person who likes to walk. That was it, really. And then Hall or Nothing. Yes. It's like a, an extended family that I still and Lots of things came out of that because it was, um, it, it, if it's good people with good hearts and souls, then there's a different kismet and karma that comes out of the things that they do. And so to this day, they're doing fantastic things. Even like now, Gillian's doing the Anchoress and doing wonderful with, you know, just wonderful things. Terry's managing Himalayas. They've just done like about... 24 million streams or something. Yeah, and they're smashing it. That's a really cool band. That's a really cool band, Himalayas. Yeah, I like the Himalayas. I've followed them for a long time. But I think, Kathy, like you were saying, like, you know, with the Manics kind of like pushing you towards the management and getting a job in there, it's because like you have this, like you are so cool and I don't think you realise it, but you have this natural rapport with people and you build up this really lovely relationship and I think that's what bands and, you know, people, anyone that you work with really thrives off and I think you have the passion and you always have and that's something you can't fake and I think that's why people put you in those positions because you do, you more than deserve to be there do you know what I mean so I kind of do but there's a little bit of blagging that goes along with it I mean I've done <laughs> so, so many things wrong and what has been lovely is that people haven't t- told me off you know I've done things and then later I thought what an absolute <laughs> I have been and I have to pull myself up because Nobody in the bands I've worked for went, Kathy, you absolute dick, you know, and they've been nothing but like kind, even when I've really fucked up. So I've I've been very lucky, really. So it's a little bit of blagging that is entailed. I think that's the creative industries in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, if I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't plugged a lot in my life. You know, it's saying yes to things when you don't really know how to do it, but you go, yeah, I'll do that. It's fine. I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah, it's true. My first um, day at Rough Trade, actually, I had a, a computer to use, and I was like, oh yeah, one of those, one of those. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? I cannot <laughs> get it to turn on. And then very kindly, um, Joe Slade, lovely production lady came and pressed a button at the back and I was like, oh one of those yeah sure but as soon as I got, got to use it use it then um you know I was a whiz on it but I just it's just little things like that where you just you know you blank your way into so many things and think why did I say I could do this you know and but it just leads to more not doesn't it change no exactly I think and I think it's actually quite nice because it kind of forces yourself to learn new skills as well I have learned many skills <laughs> <laughs> through blagging your way it's the way you gotta do it <laughs> well also when um you know when I eventually left Hall or Nothing I kind of um, was like just like okay I need to get away from the music industry I don't really think it's my personality um and the after a year, I was kind of, um, you know what? I'll have a go at trying to put a club on. I want to, but I want to do it my way. So I did it as Minxie McNaughty, the Love Pirate. So it's not Cafe St. Louis. <laughs> Nobody knows who I am. I'm just some chick who drinks cider cider cycles, <laughs> and uh, I was like cleaning jobs. Um, but uh, the club kind of developed, and you know, then people like booking people up block party and art route, courtesy of Corporation Blend. And, 
the next thing you know there's a new cross scene and then the next thing you know it's all kind of like gone international and it turns out you know what I'm not a bad promoter and but I but I, I do kind of like to micromanage and for them to be, you know, I still think of everybody as a pop star. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I love the grassroots music venue circuit, um, you know, and, and when I'm starting a club over the years, all the gigs were socially distanced, you know, because yes. there just weren't loads of people in there. But then that's how it builds. Like, it's a real thing. It builds organically, you know, and from sort of Artbeat, Amisham Arms, we came the zine UK and from that came loads more things but they're all interconnected and the thing is is that maybe in the 20th century it wasn't the thing to be if you are a writer you shouldn't be a promoter you shouldn't be involved with a band or whatever because you might be biased but you know what this is the age of the internet do what you like about who you like whatever it takes because at the end of the day everything is so fractured that you probably have to be more than one thing because how on earth are these really fantastic songs and artists going to get noticed if you try and go one route so if I for instance as a promoter in grassroots venues tried to say oh hi enemy I've got like two or three bands who really need to know about them now they really know need to know about them but if I only sort of like went well I'm only going to do um PR and I'm only going to try and go through the traditional route to the traditional sites mm. then that's not really going to work but if I kind of like um you know just the natural what I call interdependent there's a promoters who write or who DJ or present or radio well they do all these different things and they have made a circuit that is is actually like the new enemy it's like kind of all these all these new music sites that support these artists, these promoters, like I literally just put something up where um, this feeling, kick out the jams, loud women, crow, crow land, goes right. Yes. Yeah. All these people have just gone, hi, bands, come on, let's do something. Let's have some, and, and they've like Badass. taken in all these bands. And this is the, this is the support network of the Save Our Venue circuit for oh, the you know, rock and roll, you know, obviously different, genres of music have got their own way of approaching things and it should be like that because there shouldn't be any one way when every internet has a million facets of how you could do something so I mean and Kathy you've been spotting talent from you know for so long some incredible bands I mean you you know you spotted Radiohead and you know you're up there with Block Party the early stages of their career I mean what is it about these bands that like really kind of you were like there's something really great here because I mean like for example like Silent Alarm by Block Party I mean that is a huge part of my teenage growing up I love that album I saw it live when they played it a couple of years ago it's so brilliant I mean what was it for you that really out to you about let's, let's start with block party um i just thought what when i heard it and it came via um corporation blend because they they, they were block party were actually called union at the time but um wow. um the whole pop of the tops club thing came through a corporation blend band meeting and um I, you know i had like a cd and it was just like huh so, you know, yeah, that, that will do. I, 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 you know, I've just got to, I think the things that I put on was, a, it was like a mishmash and there were friends recommending and there were 
you know, a lot of things. So, you know, I, I didn't go out and find block party via corporation blend. We all found each other, so i got to be honest. As, uh, same with Radiohead. Philip Hall was their PR, and um, I was like their regional lady. So that's a Hall or nothing. That's Hall or nothing, you know, finding that, and that's keep with Parlophone, finding them and so on. So, um, but I, I'd like to think that I kind of um, just helped, really. You, know. you, you believe so in them. I, and, I, and I do think that I, yeah, I'd like to think that I, 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 I did good helps. But how was the cafe? Because literally those fans, especially, I don't know, but Block Party, they started flying from scratch. Like when you started to work with them, they were like playing in front of like five people. Do you remember those times? And then when you, I don't know, then like when they play like 10,000 people, do you remember like the satisfaction or I don't know, all the like. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I've got memories of a Mammix gig in uh, Guildford, I think, and we like just got gone because the thing is, is I love my bands, and I went to see them whether I was working or not. I know I that. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I remember there were so few people in there that you could hear people playing pool. So, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> oh my God. You, you know, even if you were applauding, you could hear you could hear the pool tone all <laughs> in the background, but. It didn't matter because I just thought this is surreal, this band and the, the, the sound of the pool table. Um, you know, another of my favourite gigs was um, going down to Newport TJ's to see um, Manson with Martin Hall, Manix manager. And um, he, he just learned to drive. So I was like, this is great. Um, but the venue, had it was in November, the, the doors were open to the venue. All the house lights were on. I think the audience was about nine people. So we all had our scarves and our, I, I counted 23 people, including the band, the crew, the bar and door staff. Oh and it was just one of the, they played like they were headlining Wembley Stadium. And it was just, wow, that is, that's a gig that's always going to stay with me. And it's never about the amount of people that are in the room. It's about, you know, it's about, you know the band do they is it surreal that a band like this are doing a gig in front of this many people um at the end of the day i'm just selfish thinking yeah i love it <laughs> <The front woo. laughs> but do you remember when you met like on your first time like met like on kele okereke because i'm very curious because I, I really liked them like when i grew up like whoa was like yeah just uh, just the what uh, actually i just thought what a sweet um young gentleman um, I always, I always think, God, please, because I wasn't always the most sober person. So I'd sometimes, if I was thinking, oh God, don't be an ass cat, there were always <laughs> loads of different DJs and people yeah. who helped with Pop the Top Club, like with its dirty sounds, unemployable Welsh scum DJs, heartbreakers. There were like loads of, loads of, just loads of people. Actually, now I come to think of it, and um, what my main thing was like when they, when they were, um, they were. Uh, the Blame Brothers, Digital Sneakers, came and made films, Rockland's Live in New Cross, and they were interviewing them and, you know, just stood there watching them and just thinking, you know what, really, really sweet people. And um, that was the impression I got, anyway, just from, you know. It was the same with Radiohead as well when you met them? Uh, the first time I thought they were the mechanics for Philip's car, to be honest, because <laughs> somebody... <laughs> slash the roof of his car and, and I thought that they I knew that they were going to send somebody round to um, fix it because it was par parked up in a muse 
and these can you imagine the scene like hello we are the engineers how to (laughs) fix your car (laughs) i literally thought they were they looked like they'd come to fix philip's car me me and martin were actually on our way down to um southampton so we sort of like passed each other they were coming in the office and i just thought wow does it take five mechanics and we were on our way out and um, i didn't actually probably meet them that time but yeah (laughs) first impression tom york side business yeah (laughs) again really really sound really sound people yeah and it helps, doesn't it? Like, I think, I think if you've got that that kind of groundedness about you, then you know you're just going to grow as an artist because you know you don't want to always go in and have this bullshit a- attitude because it doesn't resonate well with a lot of people. So you know, if you're humble and you are quite down to earth, it must be nice to work with those kind of people. Definitely. Yeah, and it's exciting because you also feel extra excited for them as yeah. well. You know. I, I still get excited if, if like, you, somebody makes a reference to one of the bands on the on a soap or on telly or in a movie or something, and it's like I, I guess I'll never stop being excited for them. It's like. Yeah. yeah and that's I think that's the thing Kathy though like you are so dedicated to helping people and you know in like both my career and you know Victor's career as well and so many others I mean you help journalists you help aspiring promoters presenters musicians all this kind of stuff I mean it must be so lovely for you to keep going with the zine UK and keep building it because it is such an exciting thing to be part of and like you were saying you're building your own community here and you're helping everyone else to grow so it must be so great to have the zine UK yeah it- it, it, it is it's like um you know i mean well oh i just got the best um prezi ever from dizzy spell the editor because it's been seven years of doing that and i just got this just Aww. cute potato and um it's just like you know you know me well and it's like an extended family so i'm from like a sort of a creative family anyway um and then it's like an ex- extending that creative family into like friends and just bringing um, that vibe of um, of who we are. Uh, and I have no idea how the serendipity works because the whole idea was that, you know, I met um, Dizzy, um, Patrick Jones of Wordsmith and Playwright, and we met through that. And we met because... I just said to her, oh, um, excuse me, please, can I take a picture of you? Because I just thought, wow, look at that lady. She's just, you know, she was a teenager at the time. Yeah. And instead of going and get stuff weirdo, she let me take a picture of her. And then things kind of developed from there, you know. And if I try to piece together all the different stories of how everybody um, met each other, including yourselves, then I'd probably go mad. But everything <laughs> feels like it was meant to be. and. Um, I'm just always chuffed when people will take my word for it that something is really worth investigating because, um, you know, I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it. Um, You know, I haven't got all the time in the world to just go, everything is brilliant because everything isn't brilliant. The world isn't brilliant. Mm. And what we need is we need quality escapism because, you know, we don't know when we can get outdoors together again but you can tell we haven't been outdoors together because of you know it's like bloody hate world sometimes but you need things to bring you up to make you feel better you know or if you're feeling down you might want something that is 
kind of down itself but can still soothe you because somebody knows how I feel. Somebody's singing my song, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really funny because um, yesterday we were like, um, I'm always like, I, I love working with Moses. You know, it's kind of, I don't know, I just love it. I, it's a joy for me. I love, you know, I love you as guys. I love you as talent. love you as a fan. I love all the different interconnections that you have. I love the how you're connecting with um, Louise on Chapter Great. And then Louise, I saw last week, I think, at TV taping. And She's all, all of us. So what I'm doing is only part of what we're all doing. What you're doing is the same thing. We, I, I call it uniculture, where it doesn't, you know, everybody is completely unique. But for some reason, even though they don't fit like a jigsaw, they click together. And yeah. I don't know how to describe that, but it makes things happen. It really does. And just to to prove that, I think everybody has been on a journey, literally a, a, a real journey in the last three or four years, especially because I would say that just before Brexit, as 2016 began, everyone was like, that's just too ridiculous. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And look, here we, here we are, fly the flags, whatever, greed is good or whatever. I mean, it's mad as well when you kind of look back. I mean, like, because the people that you meet along the way is so special. I mean, I met you, Kathy, because I was interviewing the Blinders at Liverpool Sound City. And I remember that. That was the first time. And I often think that, you know, I'm so glad that I'm in this industry because when I first moved to London, you know, it's a really scary move and it's a big move. But because I'd made all these contacts around being at festivals and gigs, you know, the music scene is, there's a big music scene in London and everyone's kind of connected. So I think... The biggest glue of all is music and it shows that. And I think that's why it's so important to like carry on having that kind of glue to us all. But I wanted to ask you, Kathy, how do you find like this, like uh, the difference? Because you, you, you're a PR person. When you started like, I don't know, 30 years ago, it was like the the, the way of doing it. It was like so different like than, than, than today. How did you change it? How did you live through through that? I don't know. I could never, I mean, it couldn't work the same way now. And especially... Um, you know, when I started, we had one computer in the office Whoa. with the green lettering, which is great. It's like um, very, very old school, um, you know, and it was more printing out of press releases, photocopying of press releases. So it, you would do, you know, things were physical. So it would be photocopying. Then you had all the envelopes and you're stuffing your press release, your record. Then you get it all mailed out or. Um, couriered to you know whoever to the journalists and to the publications um after I left Hall or Nothing somebody once asked me to bike a single to them at NME and um so I, I put my horse riding hat my bright pink coat got on my bike and cycled from Deptford up to the NME because you could still use the same courier thing to hand over a parcel as if yeah, I didn't want them to know. I didn't have a courier company anymore. Like, yeah, it's bike. And so, um, but now it's, yeah, nearly everything is digital, download, send an MP3 or a .wav. And um, no matter what size the publication is, they're all on the same internet. So, you know, although some things are kind of behind paywalls or whatever, um, the, the media is just now whoever can 
can spot and write about something. And this, actually, I think it's a good thing because it starts bringing up the um, enthusiastic writers, etc., start um, coming up because, um, you know, there's, oh, let's see, I've got some, yeah, I've got quite a lot of things happening over this weekend, for instance, from various independent and um, bless their souls because they're they're early on with something really really good, and it's it 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 widens it of you know all the new media help to widen the spectrum of possibilities for the future because they like for instance there's a site called Our Sound they've now gone on to they're going to present their own all day a festival in September so they start by with enthusiasm for artists. And they're like, okay, now I'm doing a podcast. Now I'm doing a show. Now I'm doing an event. Now I'm doing a mini festival. And this has created a recognisable new music industry from where we've gone from guitar bands are dead to guitar bands are rad. Mm-hmm. And that I can see. That's what's really been very noticeable since, um, especially since Brexit, yeah, because people have come together, looked after each other, supported each other in, you know, what are some very dire dystopian times? Mm. And, um, you know, it's definitely helped me as well. Oh, 100%. And I think it's nice to see that, you know, during this pandemic, that bands have continued to sort of thrive and grow because it can, it's kind of, it can be, it's been a situation that's very make or break. So it's great to see that the bands can sort of thrive and grow in this, in this atmosphere. It's it's like so tough. It's so tough. And not just for the bands and for like, I don't know, like from people in all arts, like for painters, for like actors, for anyone sort of freelancing. Exactly. It's really, really, really hard. And uh, not because it's like with the money, because like we need to admit that the, most of the people, and I, I don't want like offend other people, most of the people like in the arts, they're a little bit more sensitive, you know what I mean? And they, I don't know, they could be really happy now and then the next 10 minutes, they could be like depressed, really depressed. Mm. So that's why I find it was really, really hard, like, uh, I don't know, for people in arts to deal with this, like uh, this, uh, this period. Did you, did you, did you meet any, I don't know, like any dramas? Like, I don't know, some artists, they were really, really down during this this uh, pandemic? Um, I think nearly everybody, ourselves included, actually, some yeah. on Sundays, yeah, um, to be frankly honest. Um, but at the same time, I think um, it wouldn't be real life if we didn't all kind of feel like, oh, I can't go on, you know, I'd, I had the most up and down week and funnily enough, I woke up today after nightmares last night feeling like, okay, let's take on the world. And, um, you know, this is perfectly time to do um, a chat with yourselves. Um, But, you know what, I I just think that all humans, apart from the really evil ones, are being pretty heroic right now because Mm. how, how are we coping? I don't know, but we are mostly coping even when we have a bad day then we're only human exactly yeah exactly and I think I mean Kathy what advice would you give to sort of like new bands because I think you know bands are just starting and you're not really knowing where to go and maybe like the pandemic's kind of like stopped some of the flow for them at the moment what advice would you give to bands sort of coming out the tail end of this firstly if you can just keep going you know like if you because you know, you, it, I would 
like to think that the band, whether it's like practice or writing or, you know, and hope, hoping towards gigging, you know, that's the wish yeah. that yeah. kind of by autumn can like bit by bit start gigging again. So it's like, you know, that's something to look forward to. And, you know, there's nothing certain in life, but like, look, do look forward. You've got just the fact that um, if you're an artist and you've even like written something or demoed something, whatever you've done, you've, you've made that start. Because um, I would say probably, you know, the majority of people at a gig have probably gone, you know what, I'd like to do something like that. But in the end of the day, very few get to do it and very few to get to do something with that. So, um, you know, you're special already. So if you can keep going, special person, keep going. Do you think like the big bands, like the massive uh, big bands, they're really like, I don't know, like they're successful from all points of view. Do you think like they do like they did like in this during this pandemic they did like enough to help the small people and to 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 help like the grassroots venues and stuff like that when where they started? What do you think? Because I have the impression that some of them, most of them, they kind of didn't do that much. Well, I I I don't know if I'm daydreaming here, but I always thought, well, you know, if you can buy lots of properties, I wish that people had said, you know what, I will look after this venue if it's just for a year or something mm. from this circuit because this without this circuit where everybody is the venues are just in you know in danger of um, going away completely if we lose them where yeah. do we get these next you know this is such a huge economy um but i think that sometimes people are kind of oh my god you know me 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 mm. um and they don't don't seem to have a word like they anything to do with the planet earth of 2020 and 2021 now i don't know what they've got going on in their background but it's like i think that i was like wait a minute surely we if we're such a big player on such a huge world stage um how could you know i, I know that some people were looking after venues and were looking after their road crew etc um but to be honest there must be enough people who can actually afford to help a lot more people, whether it's venues, whether it's small bands, you know, it's, it, it's a lot that we, we don't want to lose. Um, and this is also future heritage. All these kind of potentially lost artists and venues yeah. are easily lost um, economy and possibility um, for one of the, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen now with, um, with you know what's going on brexit style with you know people used to be able to get around to europe maybe our own world tours will consist of britain and ireland for mm, a couple of years for all we know but even if even if that is the case then make the most of it because actually we've got really really amazing artists and whether we you know i have to say that you know what, maybe we will get no help from the really huge bands and the really millionaire artists, you know, but, um, you know, but we've got, what we do have is we have Music Venue Trust, we have fantastic songs, we have multimedia being created as we speak. Yeah. So we, we, we have almost, you know, the more that you don't help, the more that people are helping themselves, even though they're in dire straits. And 
what is it that the people who've got, you know, like no money and things are looking bleakful do? They go and do a charity gig or something like that. Yeah. It's so you know, we, we, it's a artists and ethics first music industry is coming. It's got more women in it. It's more diverse, and it's not really asking anybody's permission to come through. It's just coming through. Um, so and it, and and yeah, that's what I mean by interdependence. Yeah. You're both in the vanguard of that, and um, so you you kind of um, see it. Um, and I think that yeah, so. Uh, you you yeah. are the new you are the new industry um you know so yeah, that's it. Because I think I think like during this time, I think you know the independent blogs, the people that have been shouting about new music, the independent promoters, they're all the kind of like the glue behind all of this and have kept everything going, you know, and sorting out stuff during this time and carrying on reviews and stuff. And you know, it's really nice to see that. And there is like a community there, and you know, and we all kind of work together, and you know, we're all sharing each other's posts and things. But then it's it's spreading the word of the bands, and it it's kind of actually going back to the old school days of the word of mouth thing that's what I feel like yes very much very much we are all flyers now yeah yeah and I love that I wanted to ask you Kathy like because we talk like, just back to a little bit like to more like uh, 20 years ago you have a great story you have like loads of great stories and I want to ask you about them <laughs> but I want to like in particular you have this great story we all know about like what happened like 30 years ago something like that with the with the guitar player from Manic Stick Preachers he disappeared one night he was gone but in you told me like in that night you 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 met him like you all met each other and uh when he disappeared you kind of switched because it was cold outside i don't know exactly the story i don't remember you, you switch like jackets so basically the guy disappeared with your jacket and you have his jacket i do yeah um Amazing. it was um they were doing a video shoot um a couple of days earlier and Richie had a had a um, jacket that matched my handbag, so I just said, "Look, do you want to swap jackets? Because your jacket matches my handbag." And I had a leather jacket, and I said, "If you borrow it, can you, you know, sew the sleeve up? Because I think they were going on. He was going to wear it on top of the pops or something. Yeah. Sew the sleeve." But mm-hmm. um, uh, but I I still treasure that jacket and. You know what? I've never had to wash it because I only wear it for certain occasions, like um, mm. yeah. like, like I wore it. To so you my still bed. got it? You still have it? Yeah. Wait one there by the magic of doodah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Motorcycle, motorcycle emptiness. Oh, video. it's a badass jacket. Whoa, that's so cool. I wanted to ask you, like, because there are loads of loads of great things out there, and one of them, because I read in a, in an interview, is your love for for horses. Well, horses are just the best people on the planet. They're in every <laughs> way. They just kind of, they, they taught me well. Um, horses talk humans about the naughty step. Horses are noble and um, they, they just do anything for anybody. Um, horses are just the best people in the world. The very best people. Um, I love them. I know they're beautiful creatures. Horsepower is how the world became international. Um, you know, w- without horsepower, we probably would, you know, we couldn't develop that into yeah. transport and, you know, finding other villages, let alone finding other countries and things and, and other planets now. 
Um, yeah, horses horses are the best people. I mean, I know some people say cats, dogs, or dolphins, but nah. Horses are clever as well. They're so intelligent, aren't they? Like so smart. I used to, I think I only went horse riding once. I went to a taster session and I loved it, but um, we just couldn't afford to keep going because it was expensive. (laughs) So, you know, you got your taste, but yeah, they're so, they're such wonderful, wonderful things. And that's sometimes. I used used to ride. Um, Now I'm, I'm very lucky because I live in what I call a clip clop area where every now and then you'll hear the clip-clop and there's some um, police on the beat who ride horses. <laughs> and I always run out and I can hear the horses' hooves and, um, you know, and I was tell them, I love your horses. Oh, <laughs> I love that it's called the clip-clop area. That's made my day that I was. That's awesome. You're very lucky if you live in one because a lot of Britain would have heard the clip-clop of horses for many years, whether it's a cart doing this, you know, mm. um, all sorts of reasons that things were um, horse pulled. Nowadays, with the speed that traffic moves in some places, you'd be better to get more horses, get more, you know, let more places be fields where, you know, and stables um, and get back to horses. Definitely. Absolutely. It's the next, the next thing. I mean, Kathy, what's going on in the clip-clop area that you are? What's been going on behind the scenes? Have you got anything you're working on at the moment? What's going on in, in your world? Have you got anything to announce with the zine? What's What's been going on? Projects. I've got, um, I've got a lot of projects. I started doing um, promotions again now. So I've got like fab releases that I've, honestly, if you're a writer, um, please do like call me or contact me i think i've got some absolute treats for you um with the seeing uk we kind of like we got to a point where because we thought we were having sponsors it was like oh great now we can Mm, pay people and actually go to the next level but so we're very skeleton staff now but we've got some great writers kind of sending over um articles and reviews so that keeps that like ticking a lot of things are just kind of ticking mm. at the moment unless it's an actual release or you know we've got no shows at the moment I'm a live events promoter who hasn't put a show on uh for about a year and a half now but you know what my friends are doing shows so and there's things that um the zine UK is like for instance um you know one of the partners on Go- ghost road fest which is happening in November um and uh, yeah it's just like it's it, and i think that the smaller things have got a good chance of happening because they're smaller things you know they're not asking to get fifty thousand people anywhere that either have to have like you know have been vaccinated or you know prove to be well um you know that lots of things are going to change i think because uh, it, just because of safety first and yeah um at the end of the day, nobody wants to harm anybody. Well, not I say nobody wants to harm anybody else. Some people do, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's also life. Um, yeah. But most people kind of, you know, they care for um, other people. And I don't know, there's something what I call like the masked bull where it's like a communion of care, really. Yeah. It's kind of, it is a little bit of a masked bull. Um, and we are a nation of bandits. So I love that. I love that <laughs> sentiment. I love that. <laughs> I've never described that. That's really good. Now, Kathy, before <laughs> bandits. Now, before we let you go, 
Um, there's a question we've been asking all of our guests on this podcast, and it's, do you believe in time travel? And the answer is yes. Yay! <laughs> so um, um, Just because, I mean, deja vu aside, which is a, a human sixth sense instinct, which we still don't know how we master that, um, is the fact that nearly everything is time traveling now. Even say if I do this and go like that, actually, I've just, as far as I know, I was here and then I'm like, oh, how yeah. am I here? Yeah. That is a form of time travel as well. Um, so, you know, if, everything is time travel, everything. Um, I believe in space and time and all of these things. Um, and although I'm not sure how you go back in time i do know that you can jump forward in time not just like that and also uh, another time travel is when you set something up and you have no idea of the ripples but then you arrive back in what you set up it's like, okay okay that was good um it, that's so, so true because like, I was talking to my friend about this like, literally the other day and she was saying like how they've looked into like particles and matter and ripples and all that kind of stuff and how they move into waves and it's, it's really interesting it blew my mind and that's the first time I've actually kind of considered that it does exist so I have my own TARDIS as well when I'm Dr. Watford <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can we just have a picture of that just to place in this <laughs> absolutely yeah. uh well kathy thank you so much for coming on this podcast honestly it's been amazing to have you and so many stories and i always feel so inspired by you and your positivity and the way you kind of do everything you're an amazing honestly. person yeah kathy. like you're just like beyond amazing you're yeah, you're, yeah. Oh, thank you. And coming from you guys with all that you're like doing, it's like, let's make it a triple triangle then, because um, yes. what you're saying about me, I see in you. So um, this, this keeps me going. Keeps me going. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Kathy. Oh, thank, thank you me. so much. Oh, huge thanks to Kathy St. Luce there for that really inspiring chat. And honestly, she has so many stories and she's worked with just some of the biggest people. It's absolutely mental. And she's been there right at the beginning of their journey as well, which I just think is so insightful. So if you are fans of any of those bands and you ever see Kathy in a pub, definitely go and chat to her because she's got so many cool stories to tell and she knows them all personally as well which is just absolutely incredible make sure you follow us and subscribe on our socials chat the great on instagram facebook twitter and now tiktok as well to keep your eyes peeled on there for more content and we'll see you very soon with a brand new episode <laughs>